Hello there and welcome to the Every Ounce Podcast. Here we talk all things mental health, wellness, and resilience. I'm your host Lexi and I am determined to bring you a one-stop shop for all things related to mental might. Join us for talks about naps and fruit snacks to the most real and raw conversations of life. This is where you will find community, validation, and most importantly, strength. Hello there and welcome back to the podcast. Today I am so honored to have Casey Newman with me. She's a certified holistic health coach and yoga teacher. She actively helps humans release toxic patterns through yoga, intentional daily rituals, and overall wellness. In this episode, we're going to talk about perfectionism, journaling, and resetting to rise. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So I'm super excited. I've been thinking about this episode for a while now, trying to find the perfect person to come talk about yoga, right? In regards to mental health. (laughs) So introduce yourself and tell us a little about your mental health story, your career in yoga and holistic health. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a yoga teacher. I'm a holistic health coach. Um, I know that so many of us who are on this path have got these really winding journeys, so I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. Um, But I think that mental health has always been present in my life, but it probably wasn't until my early 20s when I really started to see the need for doing the inner work and self-healing and personal development. Um, I studied abroad for a year in Scotland, and I was in a relationship with a Scottish guy there who, you know, at the time I thought like, I can't live without this person. Um, I had really amazing friends there. I was traveling all the time. And then at the end of the year, when I had to move back to where I'm from in North Carolina, I was crushed. Um, Not only did I like have really great relationships there, but I had also discovered this need to explore and travel and just get outside my comfort zone. So when I moved back, it was like a total shock to the system and I just felt so lost. And that's when I started practicing yoga. Um, And I did that about um, a year on and off while I was back in North Carolina. And then I actually moved back to Scotland for my master's degree. And when I moved back, I jumped right into a yoga studio there started practicing regularly, um, but there was a lot of tension in my relationship and I was really using yoga as a crutch, I think. Um, And I know like, I consider that relationship to have been pretty toxic, but I always like to clarify, like I think both parties really have the capacity to contribute to that toxicity. So I definitely don't think that it was one-sided, but I think that the pain surrounding that relationship and just like generally not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life is what played a huge role in how I talked to myself and how I moved through life. And being on my yoga mat was really the only place that I felt at home. So for me, it wasn't really an escape from reality, but it was a way to help me come back to reality. And then I was in Scotland for another year and within weeks of leaving, I had already found a teacher training program. I knew I wanted to teach full time, um, but I also knew that I needed to save some money and work a little bit. So um, I ended up working full time in property management and just teaching in the mornings and the evenings before and after work. 
which was intense. And I think that it was through the challenges within my full-time job that I started to really understand like how integrative our health is from relationships to career, to finances, being physically active, spirituality, um, everything plays a huge role, not just the food that we eat. So when I finally quit my job, I studied with IIN, Integrative Nutrition, and became a health coach. And that's where I am now, teaching and coaching. That is, that's incredible. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know yoga yeah. has a very special place in my heart. It always will. I, yeah. I mean, I started doing yoga when I was little. I was, I mean, not super little, but like maybe eight, 10, somewhere around there. We had, we had, and this is, I just picked up these, it was like the at home DVD and (laughs) that my mom had, and it was 10 minute yoga solutions. And like, you could pick for legs or abs or whatever. And so, um, pop that in. And that's kind of how my love of yoga started was with 10 minute yoga solutions and then slowly going to some yoga classes and getting involved and on and on and on. And then, uh, after being diagnosed with an eating disorder, I couldn't, I couldn't do yoga. They weren't, they wouldn't allow me to have really any form of movement. And, um, just because of the state that my body was in at the time and my love of yoga never through the development of my eating disorder and through the recovery of my eating disorder was never, um, like punishment, like other exercise or movement sometimes was, um, it was always just a place of safety and yoga in my recovery became so important for my body image and for my recovering perfectionism. Um, I learned so much through yoga. And so, and even today, even though I'm not struggling maybe with an eating disorder or, or even as much body image, but just calming my mind, movement, my body, I, I continue to learn how intertwined my body and my brain are. And, and I just adore um, the practice of yoga. So I wanted to kind of ask you maybe to, for someone listening that doesn't, that isn't super familiar, what is the, is that a combination of mental health and yoga? What are these affirmations? What's an intention and how can maybe starting with an intention for yoga or an affirmation affect your practice? Yeah. Um, an intention is really just like a thought or an idea that's infused with mindfulness that can help guide you through life. Um, I love using I am phrases like I am enough, I am strong, I am capable. Um, And I also like I struggle a lot with overthinking and overanalyzing. So things that I come back to a lot are um, I'm carefree, I'm flowing, I let my intuition guide me. Things like that, that just can really like set that energy and that vibration for your practice. But um, I think it's important too, that like you don't have to step on your yoga mat to set an intention. You can just wake up in the morning and that's the first thing that you say to yourself. Mm. And that's the energy that you carry throughout the rest of your day. So I love that too. Like it doesn't, yoga is not always on the mat, you know? So I love that. Um, it's definitely benefited me in a wide variety of aspects of my life. I wish I had more time and more resources to do yoga more often, but I just sometimes can't, but, um, practicing those things throughout the day, um, is also such a, such a great suggestion. 
some of my favorite like yoga affirmations or phrases while I'm practicing is when an instructor will be like, Hey, honor the body that brought you to yoga. I love that. I love that because maybe the day before my body could do something it couldn't do today, or maybe tomorrow it'll do something it can't do today. Or, you know, maybe one side of my body isn't quite as, you know, stretchy or flexible as the other side. And, um, or maybe I'm not quite as, you know, fluid moving or whatever as the person next to me in class or whatever it might be. But I just love the idea of honoring the, the body that brought you to yoga in that very moment. Um, and that yoga is for everybody. And I don't think that a lot of individuals recognize that. So what in, in your opinion, what are like some of the biggest benefits of yoga and asking you, is yoga really for everybody? Yeah. I mean, I think like the benefits of yoga are infinite in my opinion. (laughs) Um, and I definitely think that it is for everybody because like the physical part of yoga is really just one small aspect. Yoga is really truly a lifestyle and it's a way to infuse mindfulness into your life um, to clean up like the darkest corners of your life and reveal who you are underneath it all so really just to get to know yourself in a more deep way um, to infuse like that connection with spirit source higher power god whatever you want to call it um, into your life and just be more connected in a deep way. So I think that like the benefits are just never ending. Um, and even the physical aspect of yoga, there are so many different ways that you can make it accessible for any body, you know, you never have to leave the ground. Um, it's really just as long as you're breathing, you're doing yoga. (laughs) yeah and I think it's important to note that like maybe not everybody's gonna love yoga I mean we all have our different we all have our different interests and likes and I mean like for me I don't enjoy running like I just don't and there are some people that love it and so good for them like you go do that I'll stick with yoga like right (laughs) whatever it might be and so I think that if you enjoy doing yoga then yeah it's for everybody but um of course, you don't have to be forced into doing something you don't right. enjoy <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. It's not for you. It's not for you. But um, exactly. I think that I think that any individual can participate and benefit from yoga. I have been trying to convince my family, my sisters, for forever to come with me to yoga. I finally, my mom came with me to a couple yoga classes, and she fell in love. And she does yoga. I think now more often than I do. And it was just me and her for a long time going to yoga classes together in the mornings at 7am, you know, or late at night at 8pm or whatever it was. And then I tried to convince my sisters and I was like, hey, come on, just come with me to yoga. And they're like, Lexi, I don't have a yoga body. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a stereotypical picture perfect you know, yoga body and you have to be super flexible or super thin or whatever it might be. And I was like, you don't have to be, I was like, I promise you, you don't have to be. There are people there of every shape, size, age, gender, whatever you can come to yoga. And eventually I, I got them to come and they go to yoga every Monday morning, every, well, every Monday evening, 
<clears throat> and That's amazing. They, they tell me about it. Oh my gosh, today we did wall yoga. Oh my goodness, today we did this pose and it felt so good and on and on and on and on. So now we're just trying to get dad to come to yoga with us. So it's like a whole family. <laughs> I love that. A whole family event. That. We're like, come on, dad, come on, <laughs> come on. So funny, but I love that. And it is so crazy, like the way that in the West it is perceived is like, you have to be thin and you have to be like really flexible. Like when people say that they're not flexible enough to do yoga, it kills me because I'm like, ah, that's the point. Like, that's the point, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I think yoga is such a combination of like strength and stretch because mm -hmm. there are sometimes like you're going to go in for like a, a hardcore I don't know if hardcore is really the right word to use but like vinyasa flow like you're gonna yeah you're gonna get your sweat on you know what I mean and then there's totally. other times when it's like uh-uh that's not what I need today I need to stretch and then just relax I need to just yeah. sit in shavasana for like 25 minutes and take a nap like <laughs> yeah whatever it is that's what it I just love that it offers it has so much to offer um and so yeah. much flex flexibility of like <laughs> I question using that word, but flexibility in like how it's done. Um, yeah. So that's just, it's, it's awesome. It's just, it's beautiful concept. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about the practice versus the pose? I think a lot of times individuals are really focused on getting there or arriving at a certain point in their practice. And instead of focusing on like the flow. So what would yeah. you say to kind of those individuals? Well, I just, I love that because I think that it's so indicative of like how we move through life, right? We always are like wanting to get to the next thing, wanting to be at the next level. Um, but it's really about focusing on those little moments in between and all the breaths that you take in between and um, the process of getting you there and the journey that you're on and um, the process is where the growth happens, not like the arrival, not the stagnation of like being stuck in one spot. So if we just take the time to be really mindful with all those spaces in between, then I think there's so much more available to us. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes my perfectionism gets the best of me and I'm like, okay, I got to get there. I got to get there. I got to get there. And I'm like, hold on, let's just take a second. Yeah. And enjoy the process of getting there. And right. I think I'm the same way in life. I'm always like, let's plan for the next thing. Let's focus on what I'm going to do next year. What's my next car? What, what am I saving my money for? You know, the next thing, it's yeah. always the next thing. And it's like, I took so much time and hard work and energy to get to where I am right now. So let's yeah. just celebrate the process of getting here and the process of getting there. And take a deep breath and yeah, <laughs> chill out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I also think that, like I said before, yoga has been such a great practice for me in regards to body image mm -hmm. and body image resilience. How do you think that yoga can benefit maybe someone that is struggling with body image or um, trying to find body neutrality? Yeah. Um, I think like, the physical practice of yoga and the breath work just gives us space for gratitude, right? Like gratitude to be in a body, gratitude that can 
um, to be in a body that can breathe involuntarily, that has functioning organs, um, in a body that can move and function through life, um, and just gratitude for all that our bodies can do for us, no matter what that is, you know? Um, and I think that it also brings us back to the idea that like we are not our bodies. Um, we're, we're in a body, but we are really like what's inside, you know? So we're just kind of in this like meat suit <laughs> and that's all that it is. So our bodies are an earth suit. Her name is Anna. Mm. Dietitian Anna is what her Instagram handle is. And okay, I, cool. I always think that's so funny. She's like earth suit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. Like we're inside of a body and we all have a body and I'm so grateful for what mm. my body can do. That's how I found real body image resilience. And there'll be, sometimes I'll be doing my yoga practice. I'm just kind of getting into the groove of things and they'll be like, if it feels good, do this. And then I'll do it. I'll be like, okay, I'll try it. You know? And then I'm like, holy crap, my body can do that. Like my body can turn like that. My body can move like that. I can flip my legs over top of my head. Like, (laughs) and not everyone can, not everybody can do that, but I'm young and stretchy and my body can (laughs) (laughs) It's one of my strong suits. So don't feel bad if maybe one of the listeners can't do that, but it's crazy what our bodies can do. And I'm so incredibly grateful. I'll be sitting there. And one of my favorite things to do is to put my hands on my, my chest or on my stomach and just feel my breath to literally feel my breath and to think about everything that's going on inside my body. I remember one time laying in at yoga and I could feel my face muscles like if I just like barely smiled, like not a full smile, but if I just like did the little motion of almost smiling, I could feel the muscles in my face. And I was like, this is so cool. So cool. And there's so much that goes on, like you said, underneath our skin that we don't even recognize. And, and I think yoga really helps bring together your body and your mind, spirit, all of that. Um, kind of just comes together in a nice little, a nice little package. Yeah. So for me, yoga is one of my personal favorite forms of self-care and self-love. That's what I love to do. And I know you've mentioned before about how important it is to prioritize spending time with yourself. So how can individuals prioritize spending time getting to know themselves? What suggestions could you offer them? Yeah. um, I think that it really starts with just like mindfulness in general, moving slowly, um, giving yourself a few quiet moments every day to close your eyes, place a hand on your heart and just breathe and connect with where you are and kind of take stock of where you are, what you're feeling in that moment. Um, But connecting with yourself like that is a practice. And with each little step you take, it just becomes more and more natural as time passes. And So it is a priority, but it's not necessarily something that you have to like remember doing every day because it just starts to come naturally. Yeah. See, and I am one that struggles with making self-care rituals, a to-do list. (laughs) And sometimes I'll start to write down, oh, I need to do yoga. Oh, I need to, you know, take a bubble bath. I don't know, whatever it is. And I'm like, this isn't (laughs) something that has to get done. This is something I want to do. 
So how have you found and incorporated these self-care rituals without making them requirements? Yeah. Um, so I think like I'm a pretty visual person. So I do like in the mornings, I like to sort of block off a chunk of time just for self-care in general, but that's just so that I can see that it's there. Um, when it comes to actually like what I do during that time specifically, I usually just let it happen organically depending on how I feel at the time with what I need. Um, so unless I'm going to a specific class, I don't even really like have it on like a to-do list of something to do. I just sort of block that time on my calendar and say, okay, like make time here to connect with yourself before you start the rest of your work day. So that's usually what I do. I love that. I need to do more of that instead yeah. of having a list of self-care items and things <laughs> to get done, you know, because then it just, it's not even self-care. It's just checking the box and just saying, yeah. oh yeah, I did that today. Oh yeah, I did that today. And I think I have to make, I have to make priority for my mental health. It's just something that I know I'm very sensitive of. I have to take extra precautions than I think the average human does to care for my mm -hmm. mental health. And yeah. so sometimes I'll get wrapped up in, oh, I got to take care of myself today. And then it doesn't even end up being taken care of because I was so worried about getting it done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like giving yourself the flexibility of like, okay, this is time that I'm going to connect with myself, but I'm going to do whatever feels good in the moment. Like, even if you have go to the gym on your list, like you don't necessarily have to do that. And right. you can just sit down and journal. Okay. Now that brings us into, <laughs> that brings us into our next thing, right? So you're <laughs> such a big advocate for journaling and I'm a huge fan but maybe of, of journaling in general, what could you say to those that maybe just can't keep the habit or they have no idea where to start? Uh, yeah, journaling has been a really big part of my life, like forever. Um, I've always loved writing. So journaling has always come really naturally to me, but I would say that like the first thing to do is just to find a journal that you love looking at, honestly, like find something that fits who you are that, feels really good to hold and that like if you set it on your desk or your nightstand you're going to be really excited to use it every day um and then just set a timer for 5 10 15 minutes if you feel that you have that time and then start with something like right now I feel you know something super simple and then just write just keep writing until your little timer goes off um, but it's processes like that that allow us to get our know to know ourselves better too. So it's it's an important thing to do. And even if you're not, um, I don't know, even if you're not like an avid journaler, I think that just taking time, even just once a week, to just sit down and kind of hash out what you're feeling to help you process emotions, I think, is um, a really good idea. Yeah, I think for me, I've kind of gotten into a good routine for journaling that works for me right now. Um, yeah. Back in the day when I was, oh, super little, before I could like really write, I would journal, quote unquote journal. And yeah. I had these journals and I would just draw pictures. They were just pictures. Yeah. And that's what I did was I journaled and I still have all of those journals. I have literally dozens of journals that I've filled 
over the years and I have every single one of them and um looking back there's just random pictures I'm like why would I draw this but at the time it was super (laughs) meaningful to me and now it's kind of more of like a a giant memoir of my life you know and I keep a list I I can't oftentimes find time every day to journal and so I keep a list on my phone of oh remember to write about this thing and then another bullet point okay remember this thing and I'll just put brief little notes or sometimes if I do have time I'll just write write in my notes you know about what it is and then um, usually on Sundays I'll kind of collect all those thoughts together and I'll just thought dump everything out. And I mean, it doesn't have to be organized. It doesn't have no. to, it's, nobody's grading this. Nobody's reading this. Yeah. It's literally just for <laughs> you. And I mean, even yesterday I had a bunch of experiences swirling around and so much that was going on. And I was like, I literally can't focus on anything until I journal. <laughs> like, yeah, I have to journal or I'm not going to get anything else done today. And so yeah. I had to take like it took me like an hour to write down all of my thoughts and in the middle of the day and I just stopped wrote everything down and then I was like okay I can keep going I can keep going now that everything's recorded I've got everything out on a paper I'm good to go and then even looking back like even looking back through my journals is so helpful to me to remember where I was where I've been how far I've grown um, and different things like that. Like, I just, I couldn't imagine not, not keeping a journal. Yeah. I love being able to look back, um, on just life in general. It was so weird. The other day I like flipped back to the beginning of April of last year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what a crazy time. (laughs) Yes. What a weird, weird life we're in right now. Um, but yeah, it's like that meme. There's like this meme where it's like before journaling and there's all these squiggly lines above the guy's head. And uh-huh. then it's like after journaling and all the squiggly lines are on the notebook. <laughs> That's me. That is my yeah. brain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I, I heard once and I have no source for this, so I have no idea where this came from, but th- there was a story of this lady that kept a journal her whole life and eventually unfortunately her home burned or something there was a fire something horrible happened and she lost everything she lost all of her journals and she said that she's if she could go back and do it over again she would still keep a journal even though she she wouldn't actually have those things anymore even if she knew she wouldn't be able to keep and hold on to those words that she wrote she was like at the time that's what I needed I needed to write and I think I would say the same even if I could never go back and read what I wrote even if I could never share anything about it you know I just think the process of journaling is why I journal yeah totally I completely agree So you also, Casey, talk a lot about toxic patterns and toxic thought patterns. I wanted to ask you, what are the patterns that you most notice? Yeah, um, I think that a lot of the patterns that I see most stem from self-doubt and thoughts of not being enough. And when we're stuck there mentally, then we start to make choices daily that reflect those thoughts and not necessarily who we really are so whether it's like not setting boundaries or being trapped in a relationship or a job that isn't working or doesn't feel good 
Um, I think the most important thing is to prioritize yourself, you know, get outside in the sunshine, take a walk, just change things up a little bit and then start to notice when those stories come up for you. Like, when are you telling yourself those stories and see if you can identify where they're coming from? Because I really think like the more that we can do that, then the more we know ourselves and the more capacity we then have to love ourselves unconditionally, to have self-compassion for ourselves. And then when we're in that space, it's so much easier to give ourselves more flexibility and permission to do exactly what we need. Oh, I couldn't have said it any better. I literally couldn't have said it any better. And that's why I love having people like like you on the podcast, right? Because there's just things Thank I can't you. I can't put into words. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so Casey, before I let you go, do you have any last thoughts for our maybe our listeners, those that are getting into yoga, those that are questioning getting into yoga, getting into journaling, how best to go about it? What's kind of maybe one takeaway that you would give to them? Yeah, I would say just don't let yourself get intimidated. It's it's not that big of a deal. Neither journaling nor yoga are really that big of a deal. You know, you can start super small and work your way up and find what feels good for you and works what work, works well in your life. And that's that's perfect whatever it is. I think that's so true and sometimes we can look at this and go, "Okay, where do I start? There's so much I could yeah. get into. And maybe just starting with one thing, maybe just starting yeah. with five minutes of journaling, or maybe starting with, you know, 10 minute yoga solutions, whatever it might be. Um, yeah. I think that's exactly, perfect. exactly. Casey, thank you so much for joining me today. And with that, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope that both Casey and I have brought some knowledge and insight to your minds in regards to yoga, body image, and movement for mental health. If you know someone that would benefit from this episode, please send them this podcast. Be sure to check out at HeyCaseyNewman on Instagram and visit CaseyNewman.com for more information. And of course, be sure to follow at every ounce dot of strength. Until next time, may you fight with every ounce. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please remember that this podcast, my Instagram account, or any other content on my website should not be used as a replacement for therapy or professional treatment. Eating disorders and mental health conditions are serious psychological and physiological illnesses that should be treated appropriately by licensed professionals. This space is simply for the purpose of community support, offering suggestions, giving hope, and encouraging recovery. Until next time, may you fight with every ounce of strength.